Hello and welcome back to episode four of the football podcast, Football Chants and Rants with the Plants, with myself, Lauren. And me, Graham. And we are dad and daughter and we talk all things football. And we've got lots coming up this week. We're going to have some of our best from the West, some putting in the miles, and we're going to have some rants. And you've got quite a unique Barnet of the week. Don't give too much away there, Dad. Very unique this week. And uh, we're all settled in, actually. It's very cosy. We've got the log burner going. There's a storm outside and I feel like it's nice time to be doing a podcast. Should we have a look at some of our picks? So let's have a look at the Premier League. There wasn't really much going on in the Premier League this week. What with the winter break and all? So there was only three matches and obviously Man City against West Ham. That got postponed. So I picked Sheffield United against Bournemouth. 2-1, Billy Sharp. He scored as well as Lundstrom. Sheffield United are now fifth in the league and they're two points off Chelsea and the Champions League slot. Imagine if Sheffield United ended up playing against Barcelona. Brilliant. I'd love it. That would be fantastic. And so they're a great team. They play great attacking football. Their fitness levels are just a joke. Their two wide centre-backs push so far forward and they just play some of the best attacking football in the league. If you compare them to teams like Newcastle, which maybe you don't necessarily think is the most attacking players in the world but Sheffield United are just fantastic and Bournemouth had won their last two matches and were 1-0 up after Callum Wilson scored but Sheffield United dug in deep at home got two goals back three points like I say near to Chelsea so definitely my pick from the week. So mine from Championship I've got a real end-to-end match Swansea 2 Derby 3 so a Tom Lawrence winner was the deciding goal in the 3-2 clash. Derby really done quite well but certainly since Wayne Rooney arrived, they seem to have had a... a they were saying a, their form has got better since Rooney has arrived. Yeah, so it uh, seems to be a positive influence. Text Derby up to 13th. Seven points off the playoffs now. Swansea a bit up and down. So not the easiest place to go to, Liberty Stadium. So I think that's a really good win for Derby and they keep in the right direction, of course. Got a match against his old team in the FA Cup coming up. I know, really, that so. be exciting. Who should get a good atmosphere? The yeah, no, I think the fans will uh, give them a, a really warm welcome. United fans, they wouldn't have anything bad against Rooney, I'm sure. And into League One, I've gone for two matches from League One. So I've got Peterborough against Oxford. 4-0 to Peterborough. It was a really impressive victory, actually, over their rival promotion hopefuls in Oxford. And Peterborough have now made it five League One wins in a row. They were The Brussels were actually reduced to 10 men in six third minutes. They had a player sent off, but they still managed to score two more goals to make it 4-0. Maybe potentially Oxford just feeling the effects of the fourth round FA Cup replay against Newcastle midweek. But it takes Peterborough now up to third in the table and Oxford are down to 10th and they're four points off the playoffs now. So really comfortable win, clean sheet, four goals at home and with the 10 men. So that was really, really good. And then my other pick for League One, was Sunderland against Ipswich. It was an 81st minute winner from Chris Maguire for Sunderland 1-0 and that's his 10th goal of League One this season. So Sunderland now go above Ipswich into sixth and in the playoffs based on goal difference after losing 2-0 to Portsmouth last week. It's a great win for them. Not obviously the most high scoring match but Ipswich now they've lost the last three in a row and the face Wimbledon next week are fighting for survival so I think again that should be a really interesting one but again not the most high scoring win but a massive three points for Sunderland. So Division 2 couple of matches there Colchester playing Plymouth from the West Country and both teams contenders for playoffs but Colchester three up at half time two goals from Robinson and stayed three up by full time so a really uh, strong victory for Colchester and the second one Crew Oldham so Crew went 1-0 down at home to Oldham but managed to, to come back and the winner from Kirk, the 97th minute. What a brilliant win for a crew. Starting to get some good crowds there now as well. Just over 5,000. And the second in the league, just behind Exeter now. 
and they've got a home game midweek. It's a big full fixture this midweek. And they've got a home game to Crawley, one they should win. So Crew really starting to put the pressure on Exeter and looking for that automatic promotion That's place. good. Makes up for all the lack of Premier League matches going on with the winter break at the moment. Yes, and hopefully there were some good crowds. Maybe that's why Crew got a decent crowds. Some of the uh, fans who normally frequent the big stadiums have been giving some of the small stadiums a visit. And that's a, that's a really positive thing to see. Shall we have a go at some of our rants? Okay, so my rant is winter break. I'm, I'm, it's the first season of the winter break. I'm not saying I understand it necessarily, but what is a bit uh, what I want to rant about is just the whole thing around players' pictures on Instagram or whatever it is, Dubai and all over yeah, the world. Yeah, they're going away, aren't they? Oh, good. What I mean, I mean, it's just as if they've not got a wonderful life. I mean, they've got the whole of the summer off to go and have a lot of fun, and I'm sure they're doing some training and exercising and things in the winter break that they've got but you know it just seems uh, and there you get all the the lower league teams such as crew absolutely playing through storms and working hard and there you've got some of these premier league teams loading it up in uh, yeah in, in some sunny climbs either take the time off and catch up or but then you know really sort of making a big deal of how exciting all the trips around the world are seems a bit daft to me well last week I was all for it, actually. I was thinking, yeah, it'll be a good break. The players get a good break. It's been pretty busy over Christmas and maybe the standard of play might increase because they've had a break. But actually thinking about it, say they win today and then they've got two weeks off, actually having that break might almost halt their momentum, would you say? Well, they play 38 games and the um, lower teams in the leagues play 46. Yeah, you know, that's it's, crazy. It's, just, it's a lot tougher, but there you go. So mine's actually about substitutions late on in the game. So substitutions are made in extra time. So I looked into it. Brentford, they made a 91st minute substitute. Nottingham Forest, this is all this weekend, 90th minute. Blackpool, 92nd. Coventry, they made a 95th minute substitute. Obviously, if it is an injury, then that is completely acceptable. But when it is a tactical change in the 97th minute, and they've got one minute of the clock left. I just think, what's the point? And then you see the manager or the assistant coach giving them about a minute's worth of tactical advice. What are they actually going to be saying to them? Seems like a worse time. I know the referee does add, I think he adds 30 seconds on for every substitution. But So it's not time-wasting? Well, no, kind of. I guess it's whether they take more than 30 seconds to get off the pitch. Just seems, it is, I agree, it's a bit strange, isn't it? And I think maybe, well, unless it's injury... Maybe they shouldn't allow people to do substitutions past the 90th minute, but I suppose it does depend on the match itself and the way that it's going. But definitely, I think, with one minute left to play, you see some players come on that warm up for about 10 minutes and they go on for about 30 seconds. The only thing I would say, if, if it's a cup match and you've got a potential of penalties, you might bring a good penalty taker on in the 95th minute or something. Well, when City won last year, someone like Phil Foden, who wasn't getting much pitch time, I'm sure Guardiola made sure that he played at least over, I think it might be about four matches to enable him to then be able to receive a little medal at the end. So I do get it, but I think when 96th minute substitution, I feel sorry for the player doing all that little warm-up and then they actually don't actually do much in the end. (laughs) 
best from the West. We're from Somerset and we like to look at the local teams and see which teams from Somerset and the West Country, Southwest and their achievements this week in the football. And we went for League Two. Actually, overall, some of the Southwest teams, we didn't have many to pick from this week, did we? It wasn't a great week for the Southwest teams. No, so we went for League Two, Exeter against Stevenage. Exeter 2-1, thanks to goals from Williams and Jay. That was in the 81st minute from Jay and they took advantage, really. A lot of the teams around them were dropping points. So again, it's a vital three points at St. James's Park. And surprisingly, Exeter hadn't won in the last three games. So this result takes them back up to third. And they're one point behind Crew Alexander and now two points behind Swindon Town. Whereas Stevenish, they find themselves at bottom on 22 points and they're five points off safety. So they put up a really good fight against Exeter at home to bottom of the table. It's a match that they definitely would have hoped they would win and they have. And like I say, the teams around them have dropped points. So big wins. So that was our best from the West. Exeter against Stevenage, 2-1. So our next section, putting in the miles, this is where we look at which team and fans have travelled the furthest to support their team and to play. So we've got this week in the National League, Hartlepool, Aldershot. So Aldershot took the trip, 570 mile round trip, 165 Aldershot fans made the trip to Victoria Park, Hartlepool, up down the northeast, over 3,000 on altogether. They lost 2-0, unfortunately, which Jeff from uh, Sky Sports would be happy with. Oh, I know. What a fantastic support, 165 fans. Especially in the weather. Oh, goodness me, yeah. Hartlepool move up to 10th uh, with 47 points. Uh, Aldershot towards the bottom, just from the bottom four, three points from safety, so they need to get some points on the board. But well done to Aldershot and their fans who are this week's Putting in the Miles focus. Okay, we've got time for a couple more rants. You want to kick off your last rant? Definitely. So, Sadibi, Everton, what on earth is that all about? Sadibi's a substitute, came on for Walcott, and he's not ready. What, what on earth's going on? He's up and down, up and down, then he disappears down the tunnel. Thought he might be going to the toilet, maybe. But no, he's <laughs> looking for a sock. I mean, the bloke hasn't got a sock. What on earth is that all about? I know, his left, he didn't have a sock on one of his feet, so... Well, I'd have made him go on. I think the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the fourth official should have said, get on without a sock. He would have been a good advertisement for being ready when you're coming on as a substitute. Because if it had been the 97th minute, as you were talking about before, you wouldn't have even got on. So yes, get yourself sorted, get your socks sorted. They might they get paid a week. Oh, And they sat on the side. I think it provided a lot of attainment for people like, I think, Leighton Baines and -and so-and-so were having a laugh behind them. Well, I mean, Ancelotti wasn't having a laugh. He was looked like he was apoplexed. He wasn't happy at all, so... Come on, Sadibi, put a sock in it. Get yourself sorted out. Get it ready. Okay, well, mine is a link to managers. Actually, talking of Ancelotti, it's something that just occurs from a lot of managers, how they chew gum excessively. So I was watching Carlo Ancelotti, and every time the camera panned to him when they were playing against Crystal Palace, oh, my gosh, he just chews gum so much, but just really ferociously. And that made me think about other managers that did it. Well, you mentioned Sam Allardyce. Yeah, he's another one. He's a serial um, chewer. Chewer. (laughs) Serial chewer. Alex Ferguson, he used to chew so much gum. And I just think it must hurt their jaw. That's 90 minutes. I wonder if they do it on the training ground or all. uh, Do they do it in the private life? I mean, it's just 
must be a nervous thing. It's got to be because if they do it every day, all day, then that's just not healthy, is it? No, that's true. So I had uh, quite a few different suggestions for any managers that obviously they will listen to this podcast. A lot of children have fidget spinners. Have you ever seen those? Yeah, well, it's that's daft as well. You can press it, you can twist it. So I thought a fidget spinner, maybe they could click a pen. That's not going to hurt their jaw. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. And stress relief ball. Yeah, none of those. <laughs> none of those you'll see. You I think, think you'll, you'll see them continuing to chew, but you won't see any of those things. So here we go, this is the Barnet of the Week, the weekly feature, where we talk about hairstyles or otherwise, because it's an otherwise this week, my Barnet of the Week is a Barnot of the Week. What? Yeah, Barnot. So who's not got any hair at the moment? Jose Mourinho. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, he's, he's I par- don't like it. Oh, I don't mind it. He, well, it grows back, doesn't it? I mean, he's uh, apparently there's some secret formula to it, because when he's done it before with clubs twice before, They've gone on brilliant winning runs. So it's not just for vanity. It's Might for, be a lucky charm. Could be a lucky charm, yeah. So he's off with the hair and he's the bar not of the week. Right. Well, mine guy's actually got hair. He's got quite a lot of it and he's doing a lot with it. I've gone for Patrick Van Arnold, the Dutch Crystal Palace defender. And he's rocking it. He's gone for blonde tips. I think that's how you describe it. And I would most compare it to like the head of a beer because it's like the frothy bit the top of his hair would you agree I like Van Arnholt actually I think he's uh, a very good player he is very good and uh, I'd have him in my fantasy football team I reckon he must have a few assists he gets the odd goal I'm not sure about his hair but yeah no it's a bit well uh, him and Aguero both rocking that look actually with the blonde yeah yeah that's true Yeah, he doesn't score as many goals as Aguero a defender and he wouldn't wouldn't no but actually talking of Van Arnholt is he someone that you would as a bigger club by the likes of Chelsea, yeah, no, I you. think I think he's an attacking fullback. I think he's a good player. I'd give him a go in a good team, definitely. So, ones to watch for next week. Of course, it's still going to be the winter break for the Premier League, but I've gone for the big one Monday night, eight pm. Chelsea against Man U. So, Chelsea obviously got Sheffield United breathing down their necks. They're two points behind them after their win against Bournemouth on Sunday. And uh, Man United actually beat Chelsea last time they played back in August 4-0 at Old Trafford and Rashford got two. So it's looking like he's still going to be injured. So I wonder, is this the moment that Igalo, their new signing, is he going to play? Uh, yeah, he probably will, actually. You well, reckon? Mar- uh, Martial's got his place, hasn't he, I think. I don't think Martial is a centre forward for me personally. I think he's better down the wings. So if Igalo is a centre forward which he is I would probably play him with people like Martial alongside him yeah good idea so that was my one to watch I know it's a bit predictable but with the winter break and everything going on I think it's going to be a very interesting match what would be your prediction for Chelsea against Man U draw yeah I was going to say 2-2 yeah maybe 1-1 one, one. it'd be a okay. close match what's but... your one to watch I've got two actually so whilst the Premier League teams are having their winter break of course the Championship teams are playing a full midweek fixtures. So again, just back to my rant really. But yeah, so the midweek fixtures that they're playing, Leeds, another defeat against one of the top teams at Forest. And it just doesn't, there's no rest for Leeds or their fans, faithful fans. They're off to uh, Griffin Park, Brentford midweek. Brentford 3-2 at home to Middlesbrough. They're on a real roll and Leeds are going to have to get something out of that. Otherwise, uh, they're going to be the other level points now with Fulham. So... Brentford-Leeds is going to be a cracking midweek match. And in League 2, Carlisle versus Cheltenham, one of the West Country teams. Lost yesterday to Scunthorpe. 
long trip up to Carlisle, especially if the weather stays like it is. So Cheltenham really do need to get a result to keep themselves in contention. So Carlisle versus Cheltenham, a bit of a random, but good match to watch out for midweek in League Two. And going back to Leeds, they had, before Christmas, they had quite a clear gap, didn't they, at one point between I think West Brom and Leeds were 10 points clear. What? And I think it's something like before today's game, the top six were divided by five points or something. You know, it's just got really, really close up there. And I know a lot of Leeds fans and it's just, you know, it must be um, heartbreaking if you keep seeing that every season, that whole um, getting ahead of the game before Christmas and then just see it all come tumbling down after. But I still think they'll go up. Yeah, you uh, said last week you think yeah, they got yeah, uh, automatic. Automatic promotion, but they never make it easy. Whatever happens, they've got a fantastic fan base, a fantastic tradition, a brilliant team, incredible support, home and away, and fingers crossed for Leeds. I tell you what was interesting this week, I was looking at Inter Milan. Antonio Conte is the coach there these days. Ex-Chelsea. Ex-Chelsea, yeah, and he surrounded himself with ex-Premier League players, so... They're in Serie A, Inter Milan. They've got Lukaku, ex-United. Eriksson's just popped over from Tottenham. Ashley Young, again, ex-United. And Victor Moses, Liverpool, Chelsea, whoever else he played for. So, interesting in that league to have all those Premier Leagues. He must think there's a... You know, there must be something about the Premier League style, that fast-flowing football, that will work well in Italy. Yeah, definitely. And also, there are four players that, when they obviously were left the Premier League clubs, were going out of form, weren't really getting the pitch time. Ericsson wasn't really. But straight into the starting lineup, and Lukaku scored both goals, didn't he? Against Udinese at the weekend, yeah, yeah. So, um, interesting how the Premier League is drifting across to hopefully warmer climes in the Italian Serie A. That's all from this week. We'll be back next week with some more football rants and maybe Barnet or maybe Barnot or the week. You've thrown a spanner in the works of that one. Different spin on it, yeah. See you then. Bye-bye.